Welcome back to Broken Messenger. We are on part five of a seven-part series into the Churches of Revelations. If you are just jumping in, I highly encourage you to start back at one, as each of these episodes leads into the next. Up next, we're going to be digging into the Church of Sardis. But first, let's reflect on Thyatira. How did the self-evaluation of yourself in the Church of Thyatira influence your prayer life? Through God, we can righteously distinguish the spirit of Jezebel on how to react in a godly way and not in a fleshly way. If we judge incorrectly without the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, it can be incredibly damaging to the faith of someone who is not a Jezebel spirit. And we can be injured if they were a Jezebel spirit and we tolerated them. So was Thyatira commended, convicted, or both? They were both. They had a lot of good things going for them, and really only one bad, but the one bad was really bad because it was hurting not only themselves, but injuring other believers as well. So with Sardis, we begin chapter 3 of Revelations. Jesus says, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up! Strengthen what remains and is about to die. Sardis was a wealthy city that actually took took up two locations. It was originally on the mountain, but as it grew, it also claimed the valley of Sardis. Being a wealthy city, they enjoyed safety and abundances. They definitely didn't have unmet needs and most likely had their wants fulfilled too. They were located about 30 miles from Thyatira, from, um, about 50 miles from Smyrna. Jesus says, I am the one who holds the seven stars, which is another way to say Holy Spirit. So he holds the Holy Spirit and the seven stars, which are the angels of the church. He is demonstrating his power and authority. The church of Sardis had the reputation of being alive. When you think of something that is alive, it is breathing, it is growing, it has a heartbeat. So people think that this church is growing, that it is a successful church, but it's all pretend and really just surface level, if you will. Jesus calls them dead, meaning spiritually dead. When we think of something that's dead, it's not growing, it's not alive, there's no breath left in it, there's no heartbeat. We see spiritual death also referred to as sleep in 1 Corinthians 15, 18, when Paul says, Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. Falling asleep or death both represent the believer who has stopped growing. Their pulse or heartbeat on God has slowed down until it beats no more. They are not physically dead and not physically asleep. It is spiritually. Jesus says, Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. Spiritual death is not something that only happens to one person. Spiritual death spreads and it's contagious. A pastor who is spiritually dead will not be able to watch over and feed his sheep. And if the sheep don't feed themselves or find another source of life, they will die as well. As a whole, the church of Sardis is slowly killing off its members as each one falls into a deep sleep. They are being lulled to sleep by their wealth and easy lifestyle, as well as the lack of iron among, them, among their brothers and sisters to help sharpen each other. Jesus continues to speak and says, I have found your deeds unfinished in the sign of my, in the eyes of my God. He is saying that they fell asleep while doing the Lord's work. And that is scary to think about. If they were doing the Lord's work, yet they fell asleep. And just like the church of Pergamon, they had forgotten why they were doing what they were doing. They had lost the purpose behind their actions. Without Jesus at the center of the church, they were nothing more than a community center or a club. People liked coming there, most likely for the benefits, instead of being filled with scripture, instead of growing in their faith. Jesus says, remember, therefore, what you have received and heard, and hold it fast and repent. They are drowning in sin. 
so much that they have forgotten what they received and not walking out what they have learned. James says in chapter 1, verse 22 of James, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. He is calling them to look intently into the word of God and repent and then apply it. Jesus continues, but if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what time I will come to you. He also says these words when speaking to the disciples in Matthew 24, 26. But about the day and hour, no one knows, not even the angel in heaven or the son, but only the father. Jumping on to verse 42, therefore keep watch because you do not know what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you must also be ready because the son of man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. The church of Sardis has fallen asleep on the job, so they're not awake, and if they did not wake up, they would not be aware of the return of the Lord. But Jesus also says in chapter 24 of Matthew earlier, in verse 27, For as lightning comes from the east, is visible in the west, so will be the coming of man. You see, if we are awake, if we look intently into the perfect law which gives freedom, which is scripture, if we study the scripture, he will not come like a thief. We will see his signs and the fulfillment of prophecy, just as the lightning from the east is visible from the west. But if we have fallen asleep, just as the church of Sardis has done, we will not see them, because we will not know them, nor will we be paying attention to them. Jesus goes on to say in verse 4, Yet you have a people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me, dressed in white, for they are worthy. Among the sleeping, among the dead, was a small group that had not committed to a life of sin. So evidently, it's possible to be in a dead church and not be dead yourself. I will caution this, though. Earlier, Jesus said, strengthen what remains and is about to die. This group of people left behind, they held on to Jesus. They did not succumb to the environment around them. But how long could that last? If you find yourself amongst the dead, um, if you find yourself amongst a dead church, to stay in it requires using... A, requires us to cling to Jesus like he is our lifeline, because he truly is. I suppose it's possible for those left alive among the dead to revive the dead, but it will not be an easy battle. And my suggestion, unless God has called you for that purpose and he has given you that direction, run. Run like your life depends on it, because it does. However, if the Holy Spirit has tasked you there to breathe new life into a church, stand fast and be obedient, because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Again, with a singularity, Jesus says, the one who is victorious will likely, will like them be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my father and his angels in heaven. One of my favorite parts about scripture is how what is unwritten is just as important as what is written. He said to the one who is victorious, I will never blot out the name of the book of life, which implies to those not victorious, I will blot out your names. A little rabbit hole here. For those believers who believe once saved, always saved, nothing can change that. What do you do with this scripture? Do you think I'm wrong in my implied definition? Do you just ignore it? How is that scripture twisted to show that you can never change or never lose your salvation status? <clears throat> Anyways, back on target here. 
He finishes with, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit has to say to the churches. Another reminder that Jesus is not just talking to the members of the church of Sardis, but to all those reading and hearing this scripture. It is a stark warning or reminder that believers can and do fall asleep, even while doing the Lord's work, which might sound difficult, but driving requires you to be awake, right? But one can still fall asleep while driving. Where do you see yourself in the church of Sardis? Have you been getting tired? Has our, has our lack of persecution allowed us to be lulled to sleep by our life of comfort and ease? Have we ever found ourselves in a church of dead people? I just said that made me think of that little boy from, the, well, he's not, not that little anymore, I guess, but the little boy from the movie Sixth Sense. Do you see dead people? Anyways, um, do you see the dead people around? Do you see um, one that is mirrored in your reflection? And finally, was the Church of Sardis commended, convicted, or both? Thank you for listening to this episode of Broken Messenger.